this is Susan. And this is Sometimes Gwen. And welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. And today, I have been really, really looking forward to this story. Because we know her. And yay! Yay! She's one of us. She's one of us. (laughs) And um, uh, our friend, Christina Rogers, is with us today. And she used to go to our church here in Northern Virginia. And we just love her. And the thing that I love... Not that I loved this story for her because I love the outcome of the story, but in the middle of it, we were all just crying a river for her. But she had truly an impactful experience in 2016. And because she left us in 2014, um, in 2016, we watched it all unravel in the middle of social media. And I remember when that happened, we were having staff chapel one Sunday, our all staff gathering. And I remember that uh, we all just sat there and prayed and prayed for her because it was such, it was, it was in the, oh, I can't wait for people to hear it because it, it had the ability to be the most devastating thing ever, but man, God redeems, God redeems. And so, um, Christina, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. She looks so lovely this morning. I know you're wearing our story shirt. I, you know, I just got this in the mail yesterday, so I'm like, I'm thing tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, love I am, it. I am. It's so cute, and that's a nice little plug for our story shirt. You can go to our website and get it on our shop. But when yes. we when we got came in on the Zoom and I saw your bright yellow shirt, I was like, oh my gosh, she's wearing our. Shirt. <laughs> I, love it. I love it so much. All right, but before I, I gave them a little bit of a intro of what the main story is going to be about, but before we jump into what happened in 2016, I'm wondering, can you share with us what happened in your elementary years that truly had a profound infact, uh, effect on your early walk with God? Sure. Um, well, um, growing up, I grew up in a uh, Christian home. Both of my parents uh, loved the Lord. I was there you know, like clockwork every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, grew up in it. Um, my dad was, uh, my dad played drums. My mom occasionally sang, uh, you know, the special. And, uh, so I love that. (laughs) That was my life for most of my, uh, you know, growing up years and stuff. Um, but I can't remember. I knew I was in elementary school when my dad got laid off. Um, because, you know, the town that I grew up in was a mining town and we, the main product was potash. And for those of you who don't know what potash is, um, it's a potassium rich salt like mineral that is used for fertilizer. So we were exporting that to Russia. And so we had, you know, mine after mine after mine. And that's what you did. You, you worked at the mines. And so but my dad had had a lot of, you know, mishaps and accidents at work. And so they said, we don't want to be liable for your recovery anymore. So they laid him off. And those were some hard years for our family. They, some hard lean years. And, um, but through that entire time, I saw my parents live out everything that they had taught me and my brother. I mean, they never once did they deviate from their faith in the Lord. They I mean, yeah, there were there were some rough years there, but they they I mean they held on to God with everything they had. And they never once um, said one thing and did something completely different. So 
they were huge examples to me in, in, in the faith and stuff. <clears throat> so, but, you know, as time, you know, as time went on and I became a teenager and, um, I, uh, I had a few things happen to me that kind of, kind of rocked my world a little bit. Um, someone who was a much beloved and respected pastor had to leave for horrible reasons and affair, you know, just awful. Someone that you respected a lot turned out to be a not so nice person. And then uh, right after high school, I lost a really close friend of mine in a car accident. And I mean, that shook me, that just shook me to my core. And so I just began to doubt everything about God. You know, why would, (laughs) why would you take someone so dear to me in the prime of his life before he could even start a family. He was, he was already engaged. And um, so that was very uh, devastating to me. And so I just, I just started to, und- to, to doubt everything about God, who God is, how is God good and all this stuff. And so I just, I kind of walked away for a while. Um, I met my husband in high school. We were married in, I graduated in 95. We were married in 97. And I left and didn't look back and I was determined to do my own thing. So I did and ended up in a pit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to you um, and you told me about um, some uh, things that happened to you when you were in middle school that, um, that the town um, was made of, of um, that almost of haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. And and that people actually, uh, the kids right. thought that way, right. and um, the kids that whose parents had made fun of kids whose parents didn't have. Right, right. And and I just can't imagine how hard that was. It was on hard you as a middle schooler. Oh yeah, it definitely was. Um, like I I was bullied, but it was you know, looking back, it was for a very, very short season. Like God covered me in that. Um, because I know some people, it, it's, it's something that follows them throughout their high, throughout their mm-hmm. school. It didn't with me. Um, I just felt like it was like God covered me because it was for a very, very short amount of time. So I'm, I'm looking back. I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were very, Mm -hmm. And I also remember that you said something to me that um, that time, um, it was a long time that um, your mom and dad um, had to work so hard to provide for you. And and you were the oldest and you felt um, as if um, that they were doing all the work that um, in the provision that they had to work so hard and they, um, mm. and, uh, yeah. So I don't want to give away the story. <laughs> I'm so excited, but listeners, right. it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely provided for us in that season. Um, but my mom, my mom just kind of, uh, she wanted to, go back into the school system and be a substitute teacher. Well, that also awakened in her a desire to become a teacher. So she actually went back to school, got her degree and she, she taught and she loved it. Wow. um, But yeah, those were some lean years, but God provided, I mean, we didn't lack for anything 
And so I saw the goodness of God in that. But, you know, it's kind of hard for a teenager to, you know, someone who's not, you know, who's immature, does not have a close walk with the Lord. And, you know, you're having to um, go without the things that you see your friends have and um, trying to live through that and try to process that. That was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back now, I can see how how good God was to us in those years. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. That's right. So That's so good. Well, Christine, I'm going to, um, I'm going to explain about what was happening in August of 2016 before I ask this question so that our readers have a little bit of knowledge about what was happening in that time period. Because, sure. yeah. Okay. So, um, Gwen sent this little write up of it and I do love it because when you could be like a little journalist, it's fabulous. Okay. In August of 2016, two weather systems originating in the Gulf of Mexico got stuck over three parishes in Louisiana, Livingston, Baton Rouge, and Walker. Louisiana is the only state to have parishes rather than counties. I do love that. I love, I really, I remember listening to, um, Katrina and how they would talk about uh, parishes. And I just kept thinking, I, I know that was such a devastating thing happening, but I loved how they talked about parishes during all of that news. Um, these systems created the mother of all storms, spinning over these areas for a few days while dumping 20, right. 30 inches of rain. Two to three times more rain fell in this storm than during Katrina in 2005 and 93% of the three parishes were underwater. And Christine, well, you were right, right in the middle of all of that. Well, that was uh, Denham Springs, that we had 90% of Denham Springs was underwater. I'm not sure about the other. Um, East Baton Rouge, um, they got some of it, but not as much as we did. Like Denham Springs alone had uh, over 90% was underwater. So, um, <clears throat> So we had um, over 50 to 75,000 structures flooded in that storm alone. So we had East Baton Rouge, Ascension, Livingston, and Tangipahoa. And, and if you're from Louisiana and you're in you um, but it was widespread. And so... Um, so yeah, the, like our whole town was underwater basically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine that. All right. So tell us, tell us your story from beginning to end of what happened during that experience. Okay. So it rains in Louisiana. It's just what it does. And so we had been here for two, almost two years. So we had gotten used to that fact. Um, we had seen, we had started to see, uh, and hear reports from neighbor, from neighborhoods that were getting flooding. And one of, actually we were talking to one of our worship pastors who lived in that area and, you know, looking out our window, we were fine. I mean, we had a few puddles here and there and we said, Hey, do you want us, do you, would you like us to bring you some sandbags? And cause the Catholic church, you know, down a little bit down the road was doing, was, you know, they were creating sandbags. And if you needed them, you could pick them up. And so we had called him and said, do you need some sandbags? And he was like, yeah, that'd probably be great. And then he called us back later and he said, you know what, y'all don't worry about Push the water up into people's driveway. 
families and in their homes. So thank you, but just, just, you know, stay put. <clears throat> we said, okay, fine. And then we went to bed that Friday night and six o'clock, about a quarter after six, the next morning, there was pounding on our door and my husband and I both leaped out of bed and we opened the front door and there was a gentleman standing on our front porch and looked like fishing waders and, uh, and like a rain jacket. And he said, y'all are going to have to evacuate. Uh, y'all need to pack a bag as much as you can and pack uh, whatever you can in your cars. And I need you guys to go to the medical complex, which was down the street. And we need you to park there until we give you further instructions. He said, the water's coming. You're, you guys are about to get hit. So we want to get you guys to higher ground. And so we said, okay. And for me in that moment, time just kind of froze. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know what to process. I didn't know what my next step was. And my husband said, come on, babe, we need to, we need to get packing. So, um, so we got, the, we got our, our girls up and we said, y'all need to pack a bag. We need to, we need to evacuate. They're evacuating the whole neighborhood. And so we did that. We put, <laughs> we had one pet carrier that we had to cram all four of our pets into, <clears throat> but they were relatively small anyway. So they fit. Okay. So we put them in there and we put them in the back of the car and we got to the medical complex. My husband and my youngest were in his and myself and my oldest were in our little uh, Nissan Pathfinder. And so we're sitting there and, uh, waiting for our, our next uh, set of instructions. And the whole time it's raining, nonstop, nonstop rain. And so I'm sitting there in my car and I'm looking straight ahead through the parking lot and I can see the main street of town and I see people in boats driving, which is, you know, something you don't see every day. You know, people, they were driving in boats back and forth, up and down the, up and down the, the street, which was, it was just all so surreal to me. Mm -hmm. And the mean, you know, in the meantime, it's still pouring down rain. It has not stopped raining this entire time. And so I'm sitting there and I have all I have with me. You have my daughter in the front seat and then I have my Bible. And so, you know, my heart is racing in my chest. And so I just, I, I open the Bible and I start reading. And so I guess I, I, I get to Isaiah um, 61 verse 7 and it said instead of shame and dishonor you will receive you will enjoy a double share of honor you will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours <clears throat> and when I read that it's like the Lord spoke to me in that moment and he said Christina I want you to trust me in this I'm sorry I'm losing my voice is cracking for some reason um, <clears throat> he said I need you to trust me and when this is over, you, you're, I will give you a double blessing. And that was all he said. And I looked over at my daughter and I said, I said, we're going to be okay. The Lord just spoke to me and he said, we're going to, that we need to trust him in this. And after it's all over, he's going to give us a double blessing. And my daughter kind of the deer in headlights book on her. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to go see how dad and Megan are doing. And I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Mom, we're watching boats go down the road. Are you kidding me with this? I 
exactly. So she knocks on my husband's door and she said, mom is losing it because she's saying that God just talked to her. And, um, and so, um, the next thing, you know, there's a guy, he's knocking on my, on my car door. And he said, ma'am, the water's rising too fast. There's a, a truck bed coming. I need you to jump on it, take as much as you can carry. And we're going to have to get you guys to higher ground ourselves because the water's coming up too fast. You're not going to be able to drive out. <clears throat> so I said, okay. oh my goodness. So I left, I think I had my purse and my Bible study book bag, which I dropped. So everything got submerged, but I still had it with me. And so they pull up this 18 wheeler pulls up in, into the parking lot and there's people already on it. <clears throat> oh my goodness. We're, we're piling on. I mean, this is just like a movie. Like you cannot wrap your mind around what is happening all around you. Well, but and Christina, you literally had just woken up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you're not even, I don't, it's like you woke up to a different land or something. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So they, this big 18 wheeler pulls up and there's already people on it. And so we climb on and my husband's got the pet carrier in one hand and he's got my daughter and her stuff in the other. And we all pile on and the truck starts to pull out of the driveway and I could see the water. Imagine you're on this truck bed and you can see the water almost to the top of where you're sitting. That's how high oh, it was. My goodness. Oh um, my goodness. So yeah. So <laughs> he pulls out onto the main road. Thank the Lord. It wasn't too deep to where the, the, the truck itself couldn't get through, but it was able to, to push through the water and it stopped just a little bit short of Burger King on the corner. And so we all pile off. And so my husband's on the phone. He's calling one of his guys that he works with. He said, Hey, we've just evacuated. Is there any way you can come get us and take us to my office? And the guy says, yeah, sure. No problem. I'm calling another friend. She's like, I'll, you know, I'll come get you. So we had people that we were, you know, we were calling and stuff, but then I called her back and I said, no girl, just stay where you are because the water's rising too fast. And you're, you know, your car is little, just, just stay home, just stay home. I don't want you out in this. She's like, no girl, I'll come get you. I said, no, <laughs> just stay. <laughs> so we're walking up towards Burger King. <clears throat> and I remember this so vividly as I could hear a woman I mean, crying. I mean, not just like sobbing, but like wailing, crying. And we're walking and see this man, he's holding his wife. And she is just, just completely, she's, you know, just inconsolably crying and stuff. And, and the closer I got, I realized that that was my, that was our neighbors that live right across the street. And so I came up behind her and I tapped her on the shoulder and she looked at me and she just lunged for me. And she just wept and sobbed. And all I could do was hold her while she cried. I mean, this whole scene was just, I can't even describe it to you. It was like, you know, you were looking, you were on the outside looking in. Like, these, like this was happening to other people. This can't be happening to you. Um, but she was crying. I was crying. And we just kind of held her. And I was praying because I didn't know what else to do in that moment. Just to pray and stuff. And so... It seemed like an eternity, but it was, it was only like five minutes. And then the manager of Burger King comes out and he says, I'm sorry, guys, but we're going to have to 
uh, we're gonna have to close the restaurant because everybody's gonna evacuate. So they were closing the store, so we had to find another place to go. <clears throat> and luckily, it's suburban, and we have to take the long way around town to get on the interstate, to get around the storm, around the water, and get to my husband's office. So <clears throat> we pull up into my husband's office, and there's already people uh, piling in as well, you know, their family and stuff. <clears throat> in the meantime, it has not stopped raining. It's still raining. <laughs> I mean, rain is still pouring. <clears throat> and so we finally get there, and we get into my husband's office, and everything just kind of settles down, and we, everybody gets quiet. And it's like, we didn't say anything for a few minutes. And I said, well, what do we do now? And he said, well, we just, we're going to, we're going to be here for a while. So we just got to make the best of it. So, um, so we got, my husband was able to get a vehicle to drive us around. Then we went and got some food where we were at in Baton Rouge was not flooded. So we were able to get out, go get food, come back and just kind of process what had just happened to us. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm. and, and honestly, this is when the miracle started to happen. Um, we I got a phone call from my phone. My phone started to ring and I didn't recognize the number, but I picked it up and I said, hello. And she said, Oh, hi, um, this is Rogers. I said, yes. And she said, uh, hi, my name is Crystal, and uh, your daughters and my daughters all go to school together. And I was like, oh, yeah, hi. And um, she goes, I heard you just got evacuated. Are you guys okay? I said, yeah, well, we're at my husband's station right now. And she said, well, do y'all need a place to stay? And mm -hmm. I said, um, I, yes. <laughs> yes. I said, uh, but we have pets and, and she's like, well, that's fine. She said, we have, uh, we have like a little apartment, um, you know, on, on the second level of our house. If you, if you guys want to come and, and with us, we do have family coming in that, that'll be here in a couple of days, but they're stuck in Orlando right now because of the storm. But if you want to stay with us, you're more than welcome to. And I said, can I ask you a question? How did you find out that we had been evacuated? And she said, well, let's just say the Lord moves in mysterious ways. I said, are you serious? I said, no, seriously. How did you, how did you find out that we had been evacuated? She said, well, just take my advice, you know, just take my word for it. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. She would not tell how she knew. <laughs> wow. So we all go over to her house and I am soaked, top to bottom soaked. And she said, is there anything I can get you? And I looked at her and I said, you know what I would really like right now is a clean pair of socks. Because <laughs> I was drenched from head to toe. And she said, okay, I can get you some socks. Well, she comes out and she hands me a clean pair of socks and a brand new set of pajamas. <laughs> she said, my family got me this for Mother's Day. I, have, I, I haven't worn it. I haven't worn this yet. So if you want these pajamas, by all means, you know, take them with my blessing and y'all I just lost it completely lost it mm. the goodness and the provision of God in that moment was so overwhelming to me and 
So we moved our family up into their little apartment. Christina, how long was it before you moved into the apartment? And in the meantime, did you have to, like, what did you do for showers or washing your face or things like that? Um, we were only at my husband's office for an hour or two, if that. Oh, my goodness. For time. It was a very short time. Um, cause I had, I had, I had remembered calling our pastor, um, pastor Jonathan and, 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 you know, I didn't have his number. So I just texted him and I said, pastor, you know, we're stranded. We don't know what to do. And he, and he texted back within just a few minutes and says, you, you know what guys, oh, I'm, I'm going to find y'all a place. Don't worry. You know, we got you. And so, but he didn't have to do anything. God had already had our rescue already in mind. Mm-hmm. And so when we got to the, their, their house, you know, my husband, for the most part, is a very strong uh, guy who doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeve. But in that moment, in a couple times, I, I saw him just completely break down because as a man, as a husband, as a father, this was something he could not fix for his family. And it was like, God, I am so like, as a man, he just felt so helpless. And he, you know, we don't like that feeling of being helpless. And he just had to let, let go and just give it all to the Lord and say, God, you know, you know, and I, I would just hold him and just feel his shoulders, you know, shaking under all the sobs and the crying. We were both just completely devastated by what was just what we had just witnessed. And so the next, the next couple of days we were, we were still there. And so he had gotten some guys together and they went back to the house after the waters had receded, which I believe was just within a matter of hours um, or maybe the next day, the waters had completely receded. And so he had gone back to assess the damage <clears throat> and we had 27 inches of water into our, into our home. And we had lost we lost everything except our home. Uh, by God's grace, we were able to keep our home. Um, but all of our possessions, all of our cars, um, all the kids' furniture. And that, that you know, for a mama, to, for your kids to not to have a bed to sleep in, to not have clothes to wear, to not have a shower, was, that was just mm-hmm. you know, part of it all, was to not be able to provide for your kids just to see them lose everything. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, they were, my husband was able to take pictures. And so he brought them, uh, he brought it, the pictures home and put them on the computer. We were just looking at them one by one and just shaking our heads. And, you know, I was, you know, we, we were both so distraught because, you know, we lost everything within a matter of minutes. Everything was gone. Everything, everything that we had worked hard for, you know, just within a matter of minutes, the flood had taken and everyone on our street had, they lost everything. When we, when I was following you on social media, you put some of those pictures, I think up, because I I saw them somehow. I don't know if it was social media or emails that you sent, because we also got emails um, from our staff from you. And I, I don't think people can comprehend how deep 27 inches is. Right. I mean, that's, that is very fall, very tall in the house. Right. And 
because I know people are thinking, well, it receded so quickly. So why is the damage? Oh my heavens, 27 inches. You could have had fish swimming in there. I mean, that is a lot of water. So give, um, can you just describe, I don't know, this is a terrible question, but I'm, I'm so visual. Describe like a couple of the, what your, those look like. So they get an idea of what that looked like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I mean, our, our town is, you know, on a normal day, it's bustling, it's thriving. at all on any of the roads. Um, every business, every every fast food restaurant, every street there were people uh, were, um, and then you started to see everybody's debris on the curb. Um, I mean, it, it looked like a war zone. It really did. It just, it Well, was, I mean, to hear that you had 93, wait a minute, wait a minute, two to three more times rain fell <laughs> than, um, fell in Katrina two to three more times. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah we got um, some places got uh, twice as much. Some places got three times as much. Um, you're talking anywhere from twenty to thirty inches of water, or inches of rain, um, just within a couple, just within a few a few days time. Um, so yeah, and Sunday morning it finally it finally stopped raining. <clears throat> finally stopped raining. And, um, so I was able to watch our church service from our computer, <clears throat> but you know, during that whole time, I never once thought, God, why, why did you, why did, why, why am I going through this? Why did you allow this to happen? I, and I don't know why I just, it's like, I knew God had us. I mean, my first thought was, let's just get through this day and move on to the next day and get through that day and move on to the next. I mean, it was just, you were in recovery and survival mode, not just for yourself, but for your kids. And luckily we were in a place where, you know, my kids had friends, you know, they all, they all went to school together. So they kept them occupied. And I was so grateful for that. Um, so God, God held us in that time and covered us and just gently reminded us that he was with us from the minute we got, rescued from our street until that point you know he was with us he was in every detail and he was taking care of I mean God was we didn't see it and but we I guess we did see it but um we knew God was working and he was yeah and so um so then we realized that we were going to have to leave that place and another friend contacted me and she said you know I don't have extra beds. I have one blow up a mattress that you, you and Clint can have. And she put some like, uh, little rugs on the floor. And she said, I'll make a pallet for both of you, for both your girls and you can come stay with us. So there again, God provided. And so we went and stayed with, um, with her and her husband. And, um, so we were there for a couple weeks. And in that time, um, it took a while for us to get, you know, just to get transportation, rental cars and all that stuff. It wasn't instant. That did take a while to get because the, the, the need was so massive. I mean, nobody had cars. Nobody had cars. And um, so, mm. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, crazy. And so um, just trying not – and I would wake up in the morning in, in a different room in someone's 
in someone else's home and I would just start to cry, you know, <laughs> just like, this is not my bed. This is not my house. You know, I'm having to depend. And that's very humbling is when you have to depend on the kind of to, to get through. And so um, we did. Um, but God was, God was so good to us in those, in those first few days and weeks that we were, um, that we were, that we were having to live with other people. God was really good in, in, uh, in comforting us and surrounding us with people to give us comfort and to encourage us. Um, especially you guys, you know, in Virginia, you know, people reached out to us and, um, we felt so incredibly loved throughout that entire ordeal. Um, I mean, we just, we were overwhelmed with love and support. And so we knew, we knew that God was with us and we were going to get through it and be okay. Now, how long, how long before, uh, so clearly you were not, you did not have a home for a long stretch of time. How long was that before you started having plans for more? Um, we had to, we had to go, we had to finalize, you know, with our insurance and all that stuff. And that was funny because our flood insurance, it actually, um, renewed the flood happened on August 13th. Our flood insurance renewed August 13th at midnight. (laughs) So, Oh my heaven. I know. I know. So, we, you know, my husband had to take care of all the insurance issues and stuff. And so that, that was the longest is, is getting the ball ro- the ball rolling and that. And then we had um, to, and then we had another miracle come through. Uh, we had some friends that reached out to Clinton says, we have, um, we have a little trailer that you guys can use if you, if you would like. And, uh, you know, y'all can come get it and y'all can stay in it. And so, so we were able to live in that little travel trailer. We parked it in our driveway and we lived in that. And, Mm -hmm. and so my in-laws came as well. They brought their motor home, their, uh, their travel trailer. And, um, I have the greatest in-laws on the planet. Um, they actually uprooted themselves and they came and they did all the work. They, um, and so they did all the work in helping us rebuild and remodel. And y'all, this mm. is, this is so amazing. Y'all, I, can, I don't even know where to start. Um, okay. Before you even say that, the, right. um, this is the part that you're getting into is really how God's going to reveal what he told you. It's sitting in the car. Yes. So the neighborhood you're going to describe to us now how God gave you a double portion, right? Yeah. Ah, I love this. I love <laughs> okay. So when we moved here in 20, in 2014, we found this beautiful home and uh, we put a contingency offer on it, which we nobody in their right mind would accept, but they did. So God gave us this house well, the name, the, the lady that lives behind us, her husband um, custom built the houses across from us. So um, she has a daughter that lives, Caddy, from us. And her youngest son and his wife own the house at the very end. Well, they, they moved to Seattle, but they still own the house on the corner. So 
Mr. Bill and his son Steve were in construction. And so they had to come and do the repairs to their house. And so my husband and my father-in-law, mind you, we're doing all the work, you know, they're doing all the work themselves. We didn't hire out for contractors because there was no contractors to be had. Everybody was booked up. You know, you couldn't get a contractor because everybody needed contractors. Everybody needed new cabinets and new floors. And so, um, so we, um, so anyway, so Steve, who is our, our, our neighbor, uh, Miss Faye, her son, Steve is, um, used to do construction with his dad, Mr. Bill. So him and his wife, Ginger, are here, and they're working on their home, and he comes over to our house, and he says, wait a minute, y'all are, are cutting the sheetrock way too slow. Let me show you how you do it. So what was taking my husband and his dad like three hours to do, he was doing in less than half the time. So he came over, and he showed my husband and his dad how to cut sheetrock in a record amount of time. So God took care of that. <laughs> and so, and then there was the, there was the FEMA, um, FEMA, FEMA came and, and people were saying, um, you know, if you're having to deal with FEMA, don't get your hopes up too high. Uh, they, you know, they didn't approve us for any kind of aid. So I'm just setting you guys up for what could possibly be inevitable for you. And so we said, you know what, if FEMA helps us out, great. If not, we're going to be okay, no matter what. And so a representative from FEMA came and he's looking around and he said, well, this is what I can do. And he offered us, you know, a little amount, but it was still, you know, <laughs> you know, a little, it, it was still something that we weren't expecting that God met us again. And so FEMA came through and then we started getting donations from, um, other places. It was like, boom, 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 boom. God, every need that presented itself, God met. And it was just miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, provision, after provision, after provision. And I could see God's hand in everything. It's like, it's like, it's like that saying that says you, you live your life going forward, but you understand it looking backward. Yes. So yes. I can see where God put us, what the neighborhood he put us in, why he put us here, the connections and the relationships that were built. And especially after and during the flood, how just closer we all got to each other. Mm -hmm. So God provided every, every need was met every, you know, every place that we needed to stay. I mean, God provided the travel trailer for us to stay in. And mm -hmm. so we were able to live on our property and be able to work on it. And it took us, it took my husband and my father-in-law, my mother-in-law four months from, from the flood wow. until we were able to get back in our home. So yeah, it was a good four months. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now that's something that that's mm -hmm. incredible. So you lived basically in a travel trailer in your yard for four months and you worked probably, I would imagine consistently throughout the day, trying to get your home ready. I'll tell you what I love so much about this story, Christina, is mm -hmm. that your daughters watched your faith in the middle of a crisis. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I just love that. It gets me emotional thinking about it because mm -hmm. it shows me 
the way you lived out your faith in the middle of a crisis is not just going to affect them, but it is going to affect how they parent. And so therefore, (laughs) that four-month window of craziness is going Mm -hmm. to have a spiritual lifelong effect of clinging to Jesus in crisis for generations because of what you chose to be obedient in. Right. Right. Cause I remember my husband asking, you know, my oldest child and, Oh, when all of this, when all, when all of this was over and we were finally back in our home, he said, you know, we kind of noticed throughout this whole thing, you and your sister, I mean, y'all never, y'all never had a breakdown. Y'all never, we never saw y'all crying or, you know, being despondent. And he goes, I just, I kind of ask, you know, what, you know, what was it? And my, my oldest, she said, well, daddy, I just, I knew that y'all were going to take care of us. I knew we were going to be taken care of. And, uh, and you know what I love about that too, Christina, because that is the beautiful parallel of how God takes care of us. She watched her earthly father take care of her, watched her earthly mother take care of her. And here she now knows even greater how deep her heavenly father is going to care for her. And exactly. I love that. I just, I love that. And man, it, it all I can hear in my head over and over again, he really does bring beauty from ashes. Yes, he does. This, I tell my kids, or mainly when my son was in high school, I would say to him, you may have an ash story right now, but it is going to one day be a beautiful novel. And I mm-hmm. tell you, you had an ash story for four months. And man, the generational effect it's going to have creating a beautiful novel is it's moving the kingdom forward because Mm -hmm. we say stories change lives because if God can do that for you in your crisis, Christina, no matter Mm -hmm. what somebody's current crisis is, whether it is financial or relational or health, whatever it is, if God can show up with you that strongly and double portion you like that. He can do that for any child, any child he can do that for. Exactly. And it's like that verse in second Timothy where Paul says, um, for I know the one in whom I trust and, and I am sure that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him. Mm. Um, it's like now, I mean, that whole ordeal, it just solidified my faith. Yeah. And so I, cause I know the one in whom I trusted and I know that he's faithful and I know that he was, with us throughout the entire ordeal. I mean, it felt at moments like we were, um, we were winging it all our own. Um, but he was there and he was working behind the scenes, working out every detail with, you know, with the insurance, with, with, you know, with, uh, getting our cabinets ordered and put in and just all the things that we needed to get back to, to our, to our normal, you know, and it's amazing how much you miss your normal when it's, when it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause everything, everything that you knew to be normal was no longer, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, a reality. Well, mm-hmm. and you know what else your story reminds me of is that, um, he does not always remove the crisis. I mean, right. heaven's sake, heaven's sake, heaven's sakes, you <laughs> woke up who likes to wake up in the middle of crazy town anyway, but much less being evacuated with, a boat coming down the street. I mean, Mm -mm. I still can't even imagine waking up and seeing my streets not really be streets anymore. And he did not remove that crisis. But what he did is he provided with you. And what I love that he did is that he used, and from what I'm hearing, he used 
person after person after person to be the way that he doubled your portion. And then sometimes if we're not, maybe somebody needs to hear this. Maybe you're not the one in the crisis, but you need to be the person providing the double portion. Mm-hmm. Because somebody's saying like, wait a minute, did that woman ever tell you why she knew that you needed an apartment? No. See, <laughs> no, I asked that question. I, mean, I love that on, lady. If you're listening to this right now, love, we need <laughs> you to tell us. Because I am just telling you, sometimes if you are having that, still small voice tell you to be mm-hmm. a provision and a provider, mm-hmm. you don't question it. You stand up and provide because mm-hmm. it's always on time with that. Mm-hmm. Christina, you got mm-hmm. me preaching. You got me preaching because mm-hmm. this is a good story. This is a good story. Now, let me ask you this one final question that we ask every single guest is what is the one thing that you want us to remember about your story? Um, that... Gosh, if I can just say one thing that I want to leave you guys with is that um, whatever God brings you to, he's going to bring you through. Mm. And sometimes it's, it's just to, um, just to make your, make your roots grow down deep into God's love. And just to know that God is faithful. And when you call out to him, he is there. And you know, you may be in the middle of a health crisis. You may be dealing with some things and you think, I don't know if I can do this one more day. Let me tell you, he is with you. He is as close to you as your next breath. All you have to do is just call out his name and he is there and he will just work wonders for you. And you've got to have faith and you have to, you know, throughout this whole ordeal, I kept saying, God, I don't understand, yeah. but I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. It's like Paul said, I had to encourage myself. And that, in, there's, you know, there may be moments where you're not going to have someone there to encourage you, but you've got to encourage you and say, you know, I know that my Redeemer lives and doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what tomorrow looks like. I'm still going to believe and I'm still going to have trust. And I'm going to, I'm going to believe that this is going to work out for my good. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Christina, what was that um, beautiful a uh, sentence that you said that um, I'm trying to remember it that um, about looking back and looking forward. That we live our life going forward, but sometimes we only understand it looking backward. Are we, are we just stop. Just stop. That's good. That is good. And don't you wish, I wish that I, even as a young 20 something or when I was a teenager, I wish I had learned that importance because mm-hmm. so many times you don't understand why something's happening. And mm-hmm. it really is. You need to, you got to have a different perspective. You really do. Exactly. exactly. And sometimes the perspective doesn't come for years or it yeah. doesn't come right away, but, but looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It is. It's Beautiful. so good. Christina, thank you. You are mm-hmm. the gift. And just seeing you makes me want to hug you. It's so <laughs> And you still look so lovely. I know. <laughs> now, do you now when you were with us, you sang on in our worship band. Do you sing for your church and your new church? Um, no. Well, I did up until about a year ago, and then I stepped down. And so I actually I'm the actually I'm the surf teenager for our campus here oh. in, in Livingston. So. 
so yeah, I just wanted to try something different and uh, God's blessing it. So I'm, I'm very happy. I love that. I love that so much. Now, let me just say friends that you are listening to this. I know um, that you hear us say every single week that we know that stories change lives, but I fully believe there's somebody in your life that needs to hear this story because they need to hear, they either need to hear that God takes care of those that are in crisis or he needs, or somebody needs to hear that they may need to be the person providing for somebody in crisis or helping to hold somebody's arms up. So there are several ways that you can share episodes. And this episode we believe is one you need to share. Um, not that we don't believe they're all need to share, but I'm telling you today, <laughs> somebody needs to hear this episode. Mm-hmm. That's so right. um, if you go to your podcast provider, whatever one you listen to, um, there is a share button and you can actually text message episodes, which I found out. And now I'm a little obnoxious with it. I send <laughs> So you can text message episodes, you can email them, you can share them on your social media, whatever it looks like. We're asking you to do this. And it is not because, oh, hooray, hooray for podcast. It is because stories change lives. And somebody needs to hear that if God did this for Christina, he will do this for them too. And somebody else needs to hear that if you are the woman that has been told to provide an apartment you're supposed to do. Mm. I just think sometimes we overlook the way that we're supposed to be providers. And I think sometimes we are supposed to be the, mm-hmm. the, the provision because God has given us his hands and feet to be that. And I love that so much. Christina, mm-hmm. you're a joy and we love you dearly, 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 my friend. And if people want to follow you on Facebook, yes, it's, um, yes, it's um, Christina Rogers, right? C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Exactly. And Insta, it's at, um, well, C-T-I-N-A-7714. That's yeah, right. Y'all need to go follow her because she's fabulous. And her family is, they belong in one of those, when you walk into like Kohl's and they have those frames with people already in the, fa- in, already in the pictures, that's what her family <laughs> looks like. <laughs> I'm, not that I'm jealous about that or anything. I'm just saying mm-hmm. they are a gorgeous little plant. And your daughter turns 18 years old tonight, right? Uh, today. Yeah, she's 18 today. today. And she so is cool. lovely too. She Thank is. You. They're gorgeous. They are beautiful, beautiful women. And they are watching their beautiful mama love Jesus. And I love that so much. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good. Well, Christina, we love you. Thank you for being with us, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. We will see you guys later. Listeners, thank you. We love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye.